Hi everyone, this is Greg Reverdio, and welcome to the first episode of the podcast for the High Altitude Training Institute. Uh, today we have John and Tom joining us from Florida and from Colorado, and we are going to talk about the importance of weekly mileage. But before we get started, I'd like to take a few minutes to introduce our podcaster, uh, Tom and John. So John, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hey there, Greg and Tom. Good to be chatting with you guys uh, here tonight. My name's John. I live on the east coast of Florida, real flat over here, so I don't experience a lot of the hills that Greg and Tom get further out west. Um, I typically run uh, usually about 70, maybe 80 miles a week. If I'm marathon training, that might bump up to 80 or 90 miles a week. So that's kind of my weekly mileage uh, on average, and I guess it'll be interesting to chat about it and find out everybody's take. Thank you, John. Uh, how about you, Tom? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Tom Bruno. I've been running for about five years with a major focus on marathon training each spring and fall. I recently moved to Denver, Colorado, where I've been working on incorporating some hills and trails into my training while also enjoying the added benefits of running at altitude. Thank you, Tom. As for me, my name is Greg, and I live in Prescott, Arizona. I used to live in Florida with John and Tom, where I met them, and I moved here about two and a half years ago. I live at high altitude, so this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I'm also a VDOT certified coach from Jack Daniels, and I really enjoy actually helping people reaching their goals and getting more fit. I started running about seven years ago when um, I was at a very difficult time in my life and I used running to lose a lot of weight and to get fit and I've never looked back and I, I really really enjoy um, spending time in the trails here in Prescott and currently I'm working on a half marathon trying to get a little faster at that distance I really enjoy longer distance in general especially the uh, the half and the full marathon with that being said, the idea for the High Altitude Training Institute came to me when I moved to Prescott. I realized how quickly I was making progress by training at altitude, and it really made me want to share those tips and those things that I learned while, while running at altitude and, and share a location where people can come and train in a beautiful setting where the temperatures are really, really good year-long, especially in the summer, and where we have hundreds of miles available of trails. And so the idea of the High Altitude Training Camp came up and uh, we've been working on this for a little while now uh, if you want more information definitely go to the website www.altitude.run and i think that's all i'll say for now let's get on with our conversation and talk about the importance of uh, weekly mileage i think uh, all of us just came back from runs mine wasn't so good but i think john had a good run and so did tom and we've all been running quite a bit of mileage uh, i think i'm the lowest number of miles per week but tom and john are all training for a half marathon coming up in uh, november in uh, in florida and john what do you think is the answer to uh, why the weekly mileage is so important well, it's interesting. I read an article probably five or six years back, and it said something, uh, the title was something to the effect of, uh, you know, what's more important, miles or workouts? And it caught my attention because I, you know, my, my whole training up to that point had been, I've got some key workout, I have to hit it as hard as I can, I have to make sure I hit my goal time, and, you know, that's what's going to be most important for my training. And I read the article, and it talked about, uh, you know, a group of guys that were all training together, 
And they kind of just took some time off of workouts for whatever reason, burnout or injury or just for different reasons. And once they kind of finished that time, they really just started ramping up their miles and were, were just hitting monster mileage. And what they found was is that their their race times were suddenly going down and they were hardly even doing workouts. Now, that's not to discount workouts. They're very, very important, no doubt about it. But it caught my attention because prior to that point, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, all these others are you'll hear people refer to them as junk miles. I'm thinking, well, you know, that's probably not all that not all that critical. So me being an engineer and kind of a tech geek, I decided, well, let me just see if, you know, if this correlates to what my past experience is. And so I pulled out my Excel spreadsheet and I actually plotted what my weekly mileage was against what my 5K race times had been. And the thing that I found was, and this had no correlation to how well my workouts were going, what my training paces were or anything else. But what I found was, is as the mileage volume increased, my 5K time started going down. And in particular, there was a time, it was actually in 2012, so a few years ago now, I was just hitting some monster mileage. And it was really my focus at that point. I was still doing some workouts, but nothing really too sensational, but but I was really really ramping up my mileage and making sure that I was, you know, I was consistently increasing, increasing and and hitting mileage numbers that I wanted. And I had a series of five races in a row. And granted, this is eight years, you know, I was, I was eight years into my running, you know, career. And after eight years, I hit five, five K PRs in a row. And I mean, they were in the range, you know, at the time it was in the range of, I started at 1656 and ended up at 1615. So, I mean, you know, for me, for an amateur runner, that was a big increase at that point to take a minute off and have five PRs in a row was just huge. And if you look back at my training logs, the workouts, there was no magic there. There wasn't any special workout that I added that led to that. I wasn't taking any, you know, special vitamin supplements. It was nothing like that. It was just a matter of quite honestly, putting in the work. So when you say you, you put a lot of mileage, you say monster mileage, what, what does, you know, just for the listeners, what, what does that add up to? Are you talking about 60 miles a week, 70 miles a week, just so they have an idea of what you're referring to here? It's a good question, and I think it's kind of relative to where you were. And so for me personally, at that point in time, I'd been slowly building, you know, over the previous seven or eight years of my running, um, I'd been kind of slowly building, starting, you know, 20, 30 miles a week as most people that just start running. Um, but for the last, I'd say three years before that, I'd kind of plateaued. And I'd say so for three years, I was hitting maybe low 50s, occasionally peaking at 60, might bump up to a 70 if I had a, you know, a big long run or something. But on average, if you took my average, I'd say it was 50. And what I did over that year, and I'd say it was over a period from about, it was winter time, so say, say January to June, you know, roughly winter to I took about a six-month period, and what I did, what I would ramp, I would ramp up every two to three weeks, so I would increase my weekly mileage every two to three weeks, and then the third or fourth week, I'd drop it back down so that my body could recover. And over that six-month period, I got to the point where I was consistently hitting 70 to 80, so for me, and, and again, you know, amateur runner, I'm not very injury prone, so I was able to handle that kind of mileage. It's not for everyone. Everybody might not be able to do that. You might be increasing from 30 miles a week to 50 miles a week, and that might give you some incredible gains. And if you do more than that, you might get injured, or maybe you can handle more. There's people out there that absolutely can do 100 miles a week and have no problem. But you know, in any case, for that six month period, that's what did it for me. And I'm convinced that that's what it was. It was, it was purely just increasing my mileage and, and that did things for me. 
you know, I don't know the physiology behind it, but, but that's what I think gave me the gains that I was able to have. And that next fall, I had a great season. I had the season of my life. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's really good feedback. And, and I think we'll get back to uh, talking about increasing the mileage and how often we should do it. And like you said, every person is different. There's different ways of approaching that. And when we do uh, training plans for, the, for our customers, for clients, we actually ask them what they prefer. They want to increase every couple of weeks or if they want a constant increase over the week. So we'll get back to that. Tom, what, what do you think about the, uh, the weekly mileage? What, what's been your approach? Well, you know, I think uh, John just hit on a good point there um, about talking about not being very injury prone. And I kind of look at weekly mileage as, you know, the foundation of all the other training that you're doing and making sure you're both aerobically strong and physically strong. Just the accumulation of all those extra miles, you know, not necessarily junk miles, but easy miles are going to make your legs stronger. You're going to be a more cardiovascularly fit um, so then when you do want to throw in those workouts or you know approach approach some harder work you're going to be much more able to handle that volume than on a lower weekly mileage have you had weeks where you were a little bit lower on the mileage and, and could tell that it was uh, hurting your ability to do those workouts? Or um, I know I have, but maybe Tom or, or John, either of you? So I've noticed on maybe weeks where I have lower mileage, I'll actually end up running better workouts that week because my legs are a little fresher and ready to go when I do hit the track. But then I'll notice the difference a week later, two weeks later, when I'm maybe not as not quite as fit or as quite as strong when I do try to get out and do some harder work. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and actually, uh, um, John and I had a conversation recently because my uh, my training was uh, was hurting a little bit on the on the speed side when I hit longer fast workouts. So one mile and and two mile repeats were a little bit harder for me to complete. So John was mentioning, you know, maybe increase your mileage a little bit and, and see what it does. So that's kind of what I'm in the middle of right now. And I can see that it is helping. I, I remember increasing the mileage quite a bit for me. I'm, I'm not I'm not nearly as, as crazy on the mileage as you guys are, not as consistent for sure. I, I remember increasing the mileage and all of a sudden some workouts that I couldn't do in the past just became so much easier and uh, in building the speed very quickly. So I, I can definitely relate to that. One of the things that I also wanted to add is, you know, we all talk about uh, mileage. I think also what's important is uh, time on your feet. I train in a slightly different environment than you guys do. I do more trail work and I spend more time on the trail for a short amount of time, for a short amount of distance. So I think looking back at, at how much time you spend on your feet can also be beneficial depending on the, uh, the type of environment that you work on. Yeah, you, you and Tom both mentioned something that I think is critical. Tom said it earlier. He said not necessarily junk miles, but easy miles. And I am a huge proponent of making sure that every run has a purpose and it should be at a pretty specific pace. And then, as you said, Greg, that pace absolutely has to be compensated for things like heat, humidity, altitude, you know, hills, how much are you climbing? What's the terrain that you're running on? Um, you know, and, and so I think everyone needs to set a baseline and say, okay, this is what my V dot value is based on, you know, based on the table, I can run this pace, whether it's a, you know, you base it on a 5k or a recent half marathon or whatever distance race you've ran, 
you need to figure out what kind of shape you're in. And then 70 to 80% of your miles need to be easy run pace, which is nowhere near what your workouts are going to be. And I think especially beginning runners, they'll, they'll go out too hard. They want to run every run super fast. They want to, you know, really push the envelope and, and try to run hard. And they'll, for some period of time, they'll have a great series of runs. And then all of a sudden they'll be burned out or injured, or they just, their body, your body can't handle it for, for an extended period of time. So you really do have to live by the, you know, by the, the pace charts, you, you have to go by the tables. And if you're supposed to be running an easy pace and it's a pretty big range, um, you know, for me, I think it's about a uh, 30 to 45 second range, something like that, that the, that the table will give me. I'm supposed to run my easy runs, I don't know, I think like 645 to 715, somewhere in there. And I try to make pretty diligent about trying to make sure that my range for my pace on flat ground at a reasonable heat and humidity is in that range. Now, when it, again, I train in the, in Florida in the summer, if it's 95 degrees with a heat index of 105, I'll back that off a little bit because I can tell my body is, I'm breathing hard my heart rate is higher it's not going to be as easy and the same certainly going to be true for uh, Tom or Greg training out at, uh, at altitude or maybe with a, a ton of climbing and that kind of thing so pace is key you have to figure out what your goal pace should be for every run and then you have to figure out if you need to make an adjustment for heat or elevation or hills uh, and so forth yep I, I, I agree absolutely what I want to talk about now is uh, something that I know both of you guys uh, practice, which is uh, splitting your runs, your easy runs, to uh, get more mileage during the day. So, Tom, let's say you had an eight or nine mile run to do today as an easy run. How would you approach that based on, on your work schedule and those kind of things? Yeah, I mean, everything's definitely uh, scheduled around what I'm doing you know, the rest of the day in my personal life, obviously, you know, you guys spend most of the day at work, but I think a lot of it really depends on what I'm gearing up for. Um, I think for some of the shorter races, if you're preparing for 5Ks, 10Ks, even half marathons, splitting mileage is perfectly fine. Um, you know, it makes it a little easier to get some work in and still be able to have some time after your run for your personal life. But I think once you get uh, higher up in distances, especially up, you know, toward the marathon, I kind of like doing single runs just for what you alluded to earlier is time on the feet. So, so even for the easy runs, you, you don't like splitting the runs for the marathon? Uh, sometimes it's, it's a necessary evil, but I think for the marathon itself, if say you have 12 to 14 miles scheduled for your midweek long run, I think doing that all in one shot is better for the actual physiological adaptation that you're looking for in terms of um, overall strength and um, endurance doing that all at once rather than running two six or seven milers in the morning and the evening. I agree with that. I agree with the long run. I think the long run should not be split. I think all the easy runs can be split, but uh, when it comes to the long run, you got to stick with whatever distance because you're trying to accomplish being on your feet for that amount of time. And I think, John, you agree with that, right? Well, it's interesting. The uh, I think the Brooks Hansen training plan took that a little bit and turned it on, on its head in that they'll, they'll have some workouts that'll go and it'll almost be like the long run is split, right? You do two fairly hard runs in a row and they might be 12 hours apart, but you essentially never really have a long run. And, and so in my opinion, um, I absolutely think that the best thing you could do 
is, is do a single run if your body can handle it. So, you know, absolutely agree. If, if you can get that 22, 24, whatever the long run, that would be the, the absolute most beneficial thing you could do for the midweek long run. If you can get a 10 to 12 miler in, and again, it depends on your training plan and everybody's training plan is going to be specifically tailored for them. But in, in general, if your midweek run was 10 to 12 miles, you should try to do that all at once. For me, I have a lot of trouble getting that in, especially during the summertime when it is just blazing hot outside in Florida. And so for me, at some point I had to make the decision, am I going to try to, you know, just completely destroy myself and run 12 miles, uh, you know, in the morning or in the afternoon, or am I going to try and split that? And, and so what I found was, again, I was kind of looking at total weekly mileage. And, and for me, I was able to split I'd say almost, almost all of my easy runs. And that's the same thing you kind of said there, Greg, I I still tried to get the long runs in. Um, I didn't do maybe quite as many. I had, uh, I'll specifically mention a case. It was, I think it was the summer of 2015. Uh, I was training for grandma's uh, marathon up in Minnesota and things were just crazy hectic in my life at that time. Uh, work, family, everything that was going on was crazy hectic. And I just was very, I was really struggling to carve out, uh, you know, individual times, almost any day of the week. And, you know, my goal was I wanted to be hitting 80, 90 miles a week for my weekly mileage. And there was just no way I could get that in with, with a bunch of single runs. And so almost every single day with the exception of my long run, almost every single day I would double. And for me, it was much easier to, to, you know, get up in the morning, go to a four miler. And then that afternoon, maybe do six or seven, um, before a workout. And my workouts were really long. I was doing very long, uh, marathon workouts on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so I would get up and I'd do a five mile easy run. And then I'd show up, uh, you know, with my, with my training group, in the afternoon, Tuesday and Thursday and workouts would typically be 12 to 15 miles. So I would commonly get 18 to 20 miles for that particular day. And again, I was able to survive that because of, because I was splitting it. And then I think before that race, I had maybe four or five key long runs that were 18 to, you know, 23, 24 miles, something like that. And for me, that worked out fine. Now, would I have been stronger if I'd made them all single runs? Possibly, but I couldn't do it because of my schedule. I, I would have been, you know, there's no way I could get it in. So I think that was the next best option that I had. And before that, I'd never really done, I'd never made sure that my mileage was that high before. And as a result, that particular race was a a 12 minute PR for me. I mean, it was, you know, I had a great breakthrough at that point. And I really give a lot of that both to the really long workouts that I was doing on Tuesday and Thursday, but also just to the the pure bulk mileage that I was hitting. And, And I hit most of those miles just because of being able to, you know, to double. Yeah, and I think that's a really good advice. You know, you you, you got to play with the, uh, the the schedule that you have, and and work and family and everything can get in the way sometimes. But you still manage to get your mileage, and uh, and do those miles. I think one thing that I read from Jack Daniels, one of the philosophy, he said, you know, split your runs, but make sure that they're at least thirty minutes long. Uh, you'll you'll get some benefits starting at thirty minutes, and it's a uh, it's probably the minimum amount of time that you want to spend out there. I, I think those are really good examples of of how you can approach when life gets difficult and you still have to uh, to get your mileage in uh, splitting it is a, is a good uh, a good idea 
There's one thing, one more thing that I want to bring up and, and talk about, and we can end it, which is the, the consistency of training. And what I mean by that is kind of being consistent year long, not just training for a couple of weeks and then going off for a month or two and then coming back starting from scratch. You know, there, there are times when you need to take a break, I think. And, and I think some of us do it differently. I know, John, you don't really take many breaks during the year. I know personally, I, I need sometimes a week off here and there just to kind of recoup and, and start again. But can can you guys talk about your uh, your experience maybe with consistency and and how it's impacted you and, and all of that? Well, as, as you already pointed out, this is kind of a, a pet peeve of mine. Um, I'm one of those guys that I really don't take any time off. I think I probably would be stronger if I would take a week, 10 days, maybe two weeks off a year. Um, but I just can't do it because when I, when I come back, I find myself, you know, I'm, I'm not in the same shape that I was and it's frustrating for me. Um, so I agree with you that I think for a lot of people and, and probably even me, it is good to take some amount of a break. But I'll also say that I see other people that will take, they'll, they'll say things that just don't make sense to me. We'll finish a racing season and they'll tell me, I'm not going to run for, you know, whatever, March and April. And I just sit there and there's, you know, there's some specific runners in our community that I have seen them. They have tremendous uh, talent and I've seen them run the exact same times season after season after season. And, you know, for me looking at, at what they're doing, it appears to me that they finish every season in pretty dang good shape. They take a giant break and it takes them almost an entire season to get back where they were and they really never improve. Now maybe maybe there's other factors that are involved, maybe they're, you know, not changing their workouts or not changing their uh, you know, not running enough mileage, who knows, there might be other factors, but from from my experience, it looks to me like if they would just make that break shorter, you know, make it a good mental break, do something else for a short period of time and then jump back to it. I'm a guy that for the last 10 years, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever taken more than, uh, seven to 10 days off unless I was injured. And I've only had a handful of those. And I really feel like consistency has paid off. I mean, if you look at my race times through the years from that consistency, um, I've PR'd every single year and for 10 years in a row, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, I'm 38 years old and I just PR'd in the 5k, 8k, 10k, 15k and marathon within the last 12 months. Oh, and half marathon too. Sorry. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think consistency has paid off through that every year I get stronger. I push myself and I make sure that I'm, you know, consistently knocking out that weekly mileage. I'm consistently knocking out, uh, workouts. Now there's some people that'll take workout workouts off, uh, for the summertime and just do some easy miles. If that's a good mental break, that, that's probably something that would work just fine. You probably don't have any races coming up, it, up if it's the middle of the summer and that might be all the break that you need. Uh, me personally, I, I continue to do workouts even through the summer, but I, I think that's something that you know most people could probably be a little more flexible on. So, for me, uh, I mean, I think the work that you put into running is you know what you're going to get back out of it, and consistency is a is a huge part of that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I think John hit on a couple of good points there, and um, you know, especially as it regards you know, maybe taking a break from workouts. I, I think that's perfectly fine. But, um, you know, I read something when I first started running that, yeah, I really took to heart. And it's that it takes at a minimum of, of two years of consistent injury-free, sickness-free running for you to even come close to what your potential is. And, you know, I think, you know, you can take a few days off here and there, or if you look at the professionals, 
you know, they can take a week, two weeks off after the season. You know, after all, it's their job. But for a lot of us, myself included, you know, I work in an office all day. I have stress in my daily life. Running is still somewhat of a release for me. So that daily, you know, six, eight, ten miles, I think, you know, not only lending consistency to my training, but also a little bit of sanity to my life. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's a, it's an amazing getaway to uh, to be able to go out and do those few miles. And um, and I know for me the, uh, the the break is just doing more trail runs. I mean, I do I do probably seventy five percent of my runs on the trail, and the rest of it on the track, and some of them on the road. But um, the the trail runs really is what revives me. And and being in nature and in the middle of nowhere is just what I like to do. And and when I don't do you know any racing, I just like going out and doing some trail runs and discovering new areas and keeps me on my feet and I think it 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 keeps you sane <laughs> in the long run so well anything else to add guys on the topic uh weekly mileage I think we've covered quite a bit and I th- I hope the listeners are enjoying what uh, what we had to say yeah I think it was a good talk and uh, some hopefully some good points that uh, will benefit benefit some listeners agreed I've, uh, I've really enjoyed this and I've actually uh learned quite a bit um you know I know I've known you guys quite a while but uh I'm not sure I've ever gotten your in-depth opinion on weekly mileage before. All right. Very cool. Well, thanks for joining us. If you have any comments, please uh, leave them in the comment section. If you have any ideas for topics that you want us to discuss, uh, leave it in there as well. We're open for suggestion. Uh, We'll try to do these at least a couple times a month, Um, hopefully uh, when we we can all get together and um, and, and talk about this. So um, any comments, questions you have, uh, don't hesitate to uh, go on uh, our website, www.altitude.run. And uh, this was us for the High Altitude Training Institute. All right, thanks, guys.